Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishmaka. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Saturday, March 26th. Shabbat Shalom. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11 and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out. Living man at a feature spirit. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we finish up the Torah portion, Shemeni, and it means eighth. Leviticus 11, 32 to 47. If such an animal dies and falls on something, that object will be unclean. This is true whether the object is made of wood, cloth, leather, or burlap. Whatever its use, you must dip it in water and it will remain defiled until evening. After that, it will be ceremonially clean and may be used again. If such an animal falls into a clay pot, everything in the pot will be defiled and the pot must be smashed. If the water from such a container spills on any food, the food will be defiled, and any beverage in such a container will be defiled. Any object on which the carcass of such an animal falls will be defiled. If it is an oven or hearth, it must be destroyed for it is defiled, and you must treat it accordingly. However, if the carcass of such an animal falls into a spring or a cistern, the water will still be clean, but anyone who touches the carcass will be defiled. If the carcass falls on seed grain to be planted in the field, the seed will be considered clean. But if the seed is wet, When the carcass falls on it, the seed will be defiled. If an animal you are permitted to eat dies and you touch its carcass, you will be defiled until evening. 
If you eat any of its meat or carry away its carcass, you must wash your clothes and you will remain defiled until evening. All small animals that scurry along the ground are detestable and you must never eat them. This includes all animals that slither along their bellies, as well as those with four legs and those with many feet. All such animals that scurry along the ground are detestable, and you must never eat them. Do not defile yourselves by touching them. You must not make yourselves ceremonially unclean because of them, for I am the Lord your God. You must consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am holy. So do not defile yourselves with any of these small animals that scurry along the ground. For I, the Lord, am the one who brought you up from the land of Egypt, that I might be your God. Therefore you must be holy, because I am holy. These are the instructions regarding land animals, birds, marine creatures, and animals that scurry along the ground. By these instructions you will know what is unclean and clean, and which animals may be eaten and which may not be eaten. Luke 7, 11-35 Soon afterward Yeshua went with his disciples to the village of Nain, and a large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it, and the bearers stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk, and Yeshua gave him back to his mother. Great fear swept the crowd, and they praised God, saying, A mighty prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people today. And the news about Yeshua spread throughout Judea and the surrounding countryside. The disciples of John the Baptist told John about everything Yeshua was doing. So John called for two of his disciples, and he sent them to the Lord to ask him, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we keep looking for someone else? John's two disciples found Yeshua and said to him, John the Baptist sent us to ask, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we be looking for someone else? At that very time, Yeshua cured many people of their diseases, illnesses, and evil spirits, and he restored sight to many who were blind. Then he told John's disciples, Go back to John and tell him what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. After John's disciples left, Yeshua began talking about him to the crowds. What kind of man did you go into the wilderness to see? 
Was he a weak reed swayed by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No. People who wear beautiful clothes and live in luxury are found in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes. And he is more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer when they say, Look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, and he will prepare your way before you. I tell you, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of God is greater than he is. When they heard this, all the people, even the tax collectors, agreed that God's way was right, for they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and experts in religious law rejected God's plan for them, for they had refused John's baptism. To what can I compare the people of this generation? Yeshua asked. How can I describe them? They are like children playing a game in the public square. They complain to their friends. We played wedding songs and you didn't dance, so we played funeral songs and you didn't weep. For John the Baptist didn't spend his time eating bread or drinking wine, and you say he's possessed by a demon. The Son of Man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks, and you say he's a glutton and a drunkard, and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by the lives of those who follow it. Psalm 68 19-35 Praise the Lord, praise God our Savior, for each day He carries us in His arms. Our God is a God who saves. The Sovereign Lord rescues us from death, but God will smash the heads of His enemies, crushing the skulls of those who love their guilty ways. The Lord says, I will bring my enemies down from Bashan. I will bring them up from the depths of the sea. You, my people, will wash your feet in their blood, and even your dogs will get their share. Your procession has come into view, O God, the procession of my God and King, as he goes into the sanctuary. Singers are in front, musicians behind. Between them are young women playing tambourines. Praise God, all you people of Israel. Praise the Lord, the source of Israel's life. Look, the little tribe of Benjamin leads the way. Then comes a great throng of rulers from Judah, and all the rulers of Zebulun and Naphtali. Summon your might, O God, display your power, O God, as you have in the past. The kings of the earth are bringing tribute to your temple in Jerusalem. Rebuke these enemy nations, these wild animals lurking in the reeds, this herd of bulls among the weaker calves. Make them bring bars of silver in humble tribute. Scatter the nations that delight in war. Let Egypt come with gifts of precious metals. Let Ethiopia bring tribute to God. Sing to God, you kingdoms of the earth. Sing praises to the Lord. Sing to the one who rides across the ancient heavens, his mighty voice thundering from the sky. Tell everyone about God's power. His majesty shines down on Israel. His strength is mighty in the heavens. God is awesome in his sanctuary. The God of Israel gives power and strength to his people.
praise be to God. Proverbs 11, 29-31 Those who bring trouble on their families inherit the wind. The fool will be a servant to the wise. The seeds of good deeds become a tree of life. A wise person wins friends. If the righteous are rewarded here on earth, what will happen to wicked sinners? I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from Luke chapter 7, and then we're going to jump into the proverb, Proverbs 11. In Luke chapter 7, we see a glimpse of the incredible compassion that Yeshua had for those who were suffering. And in the opening verses of this chapter, starting in verse 11, we see a funeral procession coming out, and a young man who had died, and who was a widow's only son. We see this, and she's weeping and crying. And Yeshua sees her, and his heart overflows with compassion. He says, don't cry. And then he speaks to the the young man who is dead. And he says, young man, I tell you, get up. And then the dead boy sits up and begins to talk. And Yeshua gave him back to his mother. What a portrait of incredible compassion that Yeshua has for people who are suffering. This is what makes him so very dear to me. He has great compassion for each and every one of us. He sees every tear that we shed. He sees the sorrows, the trials, the hardships, the grief that we go through. And he has great compassion. In the next scene in this chapter... John the Baptist is now in prison, and he must be having a moment of weakness, a moment of a little bit of doubt. He's beginning to doubt, is Yeshua really the Messiah? Is he the one that we're to be looking for, or is there someone else? And so in that moment of doubt, he sends out a message through two of the disciples. He sends them to go and ask Yeshua, Are you the Messiah we've been expecting, or should we be looking for someone else? And so Yeshua answers. He says to them, Go back to John and tell him what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And then he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. So this is a message sort of in code, a coded message that John would understand. The very last thing he says is, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. And that is Yeshua's personal assurance and encouragement. Hey, John, don't fall away because of me. John is going through a tribulation. He's been in prison, and soon they will behead him. But what does this other part of the message mean? 
the blind see, the lame walk, and those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life. The good news is preached to the poor. What Yeshua is doing here is letting John know that he's reaching the target group of people that he's been sent to go and retrieve. And who is that target group of people? Yeshua was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, who or what is that? Well, we have the house of Judah. That's the southern kingdom, also known as the Jews. And we have the house of Israel, the northern kingdom, the ten lost tribes of the north. And he was sent for the ten lost tribes of the north. He was sent for the lost sheep of the house of Israel, the northern kingdom. They became assimilated. They were sent into exile to Assyria. They were assimilated. They forgot God. They forgot his name. They forgot the book, the Torah. And they forgot who they were. They intermingled and intermarried. And they became very pagan. And they would eat pig. And they would follow pagan practices. And and so they became as though they were blind and lame and lepers and deaf. Okay, so those are all words that describe the spiritual condition of the northern kingdom. And so what Yeshua is letting John know is that, hey, I'm finding the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and I'm healing them of their leprosy, their blindness, their lameness, their deafness. They are being healed. He began the process of ingathering the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He started the process, but it is not finished. And it won't be finished until he returns. And when he returns on his second coming, he will finish the job. He will ingather all of the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So, continuing on, Yeshua begins to speak about John the Baptist to the crowds. And he's actually giving him high honor. And he continues in his message to the crowd. He says in verse 28, I tell you, of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of God is greater than he is. And when they heard this, all the people, even the tax collectors, agreed that God's way was right, for they had been baptized by John. But the Pharisees and experts in religious law rejected God's plan for them, for they had refused John's baptism. Let's decode that. So in refusing John's baptism, what were they refusing? This is, again, it's in code. John's baptism is a baptism into repentance. To admit, yes, I am a sinner and I am in need of a Savior to save me from my sin. And so the Pharisees did not want to step into the baptism of repentance. They refused to repent. 
And so they missed, completely missed the mark. They stayed steeped in their religious traditions. They had lots of head knowledge about the Torah. But they didn't know how to live it out and walk it out. And that brings me to my last nugget that I'd like to share with you, and that comes from Proverbs chapter 11, verse 29. The seeds of good deeds become a tree of life. What a beautiful picture. What this is saying is that we do a good deed, and we do another good deed, and another good deed, And eventually, all of those good deeds become a tree of life. So especially if you're in the child-rearing years, if you have young children or even teenagers at home, and you have laundry to do and meals to prepare for the family, and you go to work so you can pay the bills, and you go to the soccer game and support your child in their soccer All the things that you do every day to serve your family, those are a whole big bunch of string of pearls of good deeds. You do one good deed, one little pearl on the string, and another good deed, another pearl on the string, and another good deed, another pearl on the string. And all of those good deeds eventually become a tree of life. And what is the tree of life? It's the Torah. Proverbs tells us that the Torah is a tree of life. And in Genesis, in the very beginning, we have the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. And in Revelation, we have the tree of life, where there are 12 different fruits, one for each month, and the leaves that bring healing to the nations. And so how do we clothe ourselves if we want to be the bride of Messiah? We clothe ourselves in good deeds. It's not just about knowledge of knowing the word and understanding the word. It's about doing the word, doing the good deeds. I like this little saying that comes from YWAM. Preach the gospel. If necessary, use words. Is there someone in your life who you would like to see them come to know Christ? You'd like to see them come into the kingdom of God. Maybe they have fallen away. Maybe they have backslidden. Maybe they've never known him at all. Maybe it's an unsaved spouse or an unsaved child who's grown up and turned away from God. Do a string of good deeds. Let them see the gospel in action with your actions, with your behavior, and with your lifestyle. Don't use words. Use deeds. And pray. Pray in your secret prayer closet for that person and continue to do good deeds even when they go unnoticed, even when there's no thank you. Just keep doing the good deeds, and that will do much to bring light and hope 
and love into the other person's heart and to bring them to Messiah Yeshua. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.